It's a hot night in Atlanta, Georgia, August 2016. Pokemon that are evolved are some of the rarest Pokemon in the game. And Brad and myself have been playing Pokemon the entire day and are finishing off the day at a beautiful Centennial Olympic Park. The weather is around 85 degrees, shorts, shirt, completely drenched in sweat, exhausted from a day's work of Pokemon Go hunting. Not only do we have a fun time throughout the day, we are still hungry for more Pokemon. And we do know that during the nighttime in Atlanta, Georgia, being at a big city, this is the perfect time to catch rare Pokemon. So, Centennial Olympic Park is a beautiful park sitting right in the heart of downtown Atlanta. There is a gorgeous Ferris wheel with lights in the background. The fountains go off water every 15 to 20 minutes playing a beautiful show with great classic songs like Michael Jackson and other things like that. And then on the other side of the park, there is the gorgeously perfected artscape of the aquarium and the Coca-Cola Museum. So we are walking up and down throughout this. And just at the same time, there happens to be a football game at the Atlanta Falcons Stadium just getting out. So thousands of people start pouring into the streets. Brad and I are walking up and down the park, having absolutely no idea what is going on, but having a blast playing Pokemon and navigating through all of these people. And all of a sudden, Brad checks the scanner and realizes that there is a Blastoise that has spawned. So the spawn timer is about 11 minutes and we are on foot. So instantaneously, we start to sprint towards this Blastoise, navigating through thousands of people who are coming in the opposite direction from the stadium. Majority of them are drunk, intoxicated, screaming profanities and celebrating or being upset over their team winning or losing. And yes, it was a college football game. So you could imagine the more antagonistic energy that we are going through at this time. Full speed sprint, 15 blocks, getting to a intersection that is only a split between a railroad track and a barbed wire fence with the Blastoise sitting approximately 30 feet beyond the fence with absolutely no reach. There is nothing left to do but to sprint in one direction. Luckily, we had known that the left side is going to lead underneath one of the big building convention centers. The right side, we have absolutely no idea. So the right is where we choose to take and start sprinting down to hopefully get to the rarest spawn in Pokemon Go. At this time, one of the starter Pokemon, Blastoise, that we currently do not have registered in our Pokédex. So sweating, beating down our bodies, shirts completely soaked, completely hoarse voiced, we are sprinting down the railroad tracks feeling like our legs are going to give out. It's time to take a break from your day and let us build it in a positive way. This is Break and Build with Brad and Billy. Episode 7. Gotta catch them all. Pokemon. Gotta catch them all. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of the Pokemon song, I can't believe that I had that guy come out to an event and play that song live for everybody. That was crazy. (laughs) Wait, you did? Yeah, dude. You didn't know that? No, when? So legitimately, when I was, we were doing a meetup in December because Calm Day, so Community Day every year. So like Magikarp was this last one and then Ghastly was the time before. So in December, they do a recap of all the Calm Days. So anybody that missed the Shiny can go do it. And anybody that missed evolving their uh, Magikarp or whatever it is can then um, evolve. And so it was a big thing. So uh, Pokemon Master Holly, who's another YouTuber, Holly reached out to me and was like, hey, we're going to do a meetup if you want to come out. And I was like, yeah, I'm down. So I put it out in a video that, hey, I'm going to be out in California for this meetup. We're going to play at the Long Beach Pike. And so I get a message in my Discord that says, hey, can you uh, accept my DM? Because I don't accept DMs from everybody because there's 40,000 people in the Discord Mm -hmm. and it would be crazy. Mm -hmm. And I was like... I went into my other group and I was like, hey, can somebody like check this dude out and like see if it's legit? And then so somebody like messaged him and he seems legit. So I contacted him and he runs a magazine in L.A. And he's like, dude, he's like, I know the guy who I think his name's Jason. I forget what his exact name is. 
that created the Pokemon song. And I was like, okay. And he's like, can he come to your event and sing it beforehand? And I was like, yeah, dude, like, absolutely. <laughs> I was like, he's like, but we'll do it at, at the Long Beach Pike. And there was another PVP tournament, which was indoors. And I was like, I don't think I thought about it. The PVP tournament was going to be the better idea. I don't think that the Pike is actually going to work. Because, like, you'd need a megaphone and it's not going to sound good. And the other one had, like, a stage. So I was, like, contacting the PVP guys that already knew that we were all going to be there. I was like, hey, can we do it here? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay, so we'll kick it off like it's an anthem. So this dude comes and legit sings the Pokemon song as an anthem to start off this PvP tournament. And then he also created a Pokemon Go song that nobody has ever heard before that he also launched at that tournament. Wow, that's pretty That's pretty epic, dude. Holy cow. Dude, it was so epic. And he sounded exactly, <laughs> like 100% insane. exactly like that. I had no idea. Look at that. I learned something new today. Yeah. That's pretty, that's, that's sweet, man. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what to, I don't even know where we go now. I think, I think that's the episode. <laughs> All right. That's the end um, of the episode. Thanks, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> he, he totally threw me off of my game right there by having no idea that that story was coming. <laughs> <laughs> so how did we get into Pokemon Go? Brad, yeah. Brad got me yeah. into Pokemon Go. So I'm going to let you start off with your experience and then, and then we'll transition back and forth. Yeah. So my experience really started it off. So I, the guys at work got me into it and uh, we had actually like a couple of gyms and Pokestops like right around our work building. So we were able to like see stuff while we were at work and it took me a little bit to like get into it. I was like, Oh no, man, like I don't want to get into it. And then I started playing it. And I was like, okay, now I'm obsessed. I need to catch every single Pokemon. And <laughs> they told me about this place called Prado. Um, and that's kind of where it all really started. And that's where I went into my hole of Pokemon. So Prado is in Atlanta. It's like just north of the city. Uh and basically, there was five Pokestops and a gym all within, like, on top of each other to where mm -hmm. you can sit and you can just hit all of them. So it got this place got so crazy that they blocked off the parking lot with, like, steel barriers. So, like, four total spots. Like, it was insane. Like, so they, they blocked us off. People had tents you know, and stuff like that to keep the sun away. And everyone's just hanging out in this parking lot all day, every day, catching Pokemon because it was like the spot to be where you can just catch nonstop. And there was Dratini that spawned there all the time. And when Pokemon first started, like that was a super rare Pokemon. So like we could mm -hmm. farm Dratini and Magikarp. I think like those were the two most prevalent spawns there because it was happened to be like right by two little ponds. So it was getting a lot of water spawns. And it was just absolutely insane. So what happened was, so it's kind of funny. There's, there's a top part of the parking spot of like the parking. And then there's like an underground part of it. So it's like, you got this, all these restaurants um, up top and it's really just restaurants. Like that's really all there was. There was some restaurants and a couple of office spaces, but it was like, you know, six, seven different restaurants. But then you could, if it was super hot, you could sit in the parking deck down below and you still hit all the, the Pokestops. So people are just sitting in their cars and it's like, you wanted to get there and you wanted to get a spot because you want a parking spot. You want to sit in your car, be charged, be in the air conditioning. Mind you, it is July and August mm -hmm. in Atlanta. Like it's hot. Uh, so like you want to sit in your car as much as you can and get these spots. And um, so like, yeah, I just started doing that. It was like, I was off from work and I would spend all day there. Like I would be there for literally 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Like, not I'm not even exaggerating. And there was restaurants there, so, like, I could just eat food and keep playing Pokemon. Like, I don't got to go anywhere. I got nothing to do. My dog's <laughs> fine at home because, you know, he's acclimated to me doing stuff like this. So, like, I would just literally do that nonstop. And... Yeah, I mean, like, just over and over and over again. And then, so I did guess you it was, discover Prado before you tried to get me to play? 
Yeah. So like I had been at Prado probably a couple times before I got you to mm-hmm. play. And then, cause I remember I was there and I was like, okay, dude, you got to play this. And then I, I remember getting you your first time over at Prado. It was at night one mm-hmm. time. And then you're just like, what is this place? Like, it's insane. And that was like your first experience of seeing like hundreds of people. Yeah. Like going ape crazy over stuff. Right. And, and I'm talking like there's a spawn and we're using this radar thing on our phone, right? There's a spawn. A Dratini! Hundreds. I'm talking like there's hundreds mm-hmm. of people here every day for 12 hours a day would just run to get these spawns. And then you'd run all the way back to get another spawn. And it's yep. just like this mob of hundreds of Pokemon people right when this game first came out. And everyone's just like, this is crazy. People are crazy at this time. And so it was just like the spot to be and you just you meet so many people everybody you know that plays pokemon now understands it but like when you're in you know the game coming out for a couple weeks only and it's that brand new like it's just a whole different experience it's insane Mm -hmm. and then the one other thing about that area which was the funniest thing was hatching eggs so not only would you walk a lot to get these spawns and stuff like that and then you'd be like oh i have a car okay there's no spawns i could sit in my car and do these things well the parking garage hits all of these Pokestops. So you can just mm-hmm. idle your car and drive in a circle around these pillars in this parking garage and you hatch your eggs <laughs> while getting all the Pokestops. So like when I was there by myself, I would just sit there in my car driving in a circle going, you know, a couple miles an hour for hours, just hatching every <laughs> egg and spinning Pokestops. Like it was unbelievable the amount of grind that i was doing i remember one day because like i wanted a gyarados so bad so i was like oh magic carps yeah, like, that did. was my jam dude i remember one day going from like having zero to like 250 candies in like a mm-hmm. single day and i was like dude i got like two gyaradoses today like what now and like that was like my <laughs> that was like my first like major accomplishment i was like this is this is all that matters i got i got the pokemon i wanted so 400 so, candy dude like and so the do you remember your first experience there and stuff and like what are your thoughts of like prado and then getting introduced from me to pokemon what made you start playing and then seeing that kind of experience how is it from like your perspective yeah so me starting off was my first experience like actually seeing what pokemon was was so we did the launch tournament for smite was it March or did, was it the one from November? You only that did was one, March. right? Yeah, that was March. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. So March and the game comes out in July. So we actually made, I made friends with uh, the Smosh, a couple of the Smosh influencers, um, Atomic Mari and then uh, Nerdsworth, who is Flitz. And so we exchanged information. So I was following them on the Bonafide Instagram and so like whenever stuff would get you know they would post stuff i would see it and like both of them start posting like a rat in their bedroom you know rattata and i was like what why are there pokemon in people's bedrooms and you know like i saw a couple pictures like that and, and in my mind i just was like oh there's this cute little like ar app where you can like put pokemon in your room and take a picture of it and i was like oh that's cool like that's literally what i thought pokemon go was didn't hear about it. I was like totally disconnected from the gaming world. And Brad's like completely submerged in the gaming world. So like anything that comes out about anything, they hear instantly. I'm in like the health and nutrition and wellness world. So gaming is not mixed in with that world at this time. So Brad hits me up and is like, hey, man, have you heard of Pokemon Go? And I was like, no. And he's like, oh, well, it's like this thing and you can like play Pokemon. It's in the wild. And like I was like completely disinterested. And I was like, dude, I, I don't think that's a good idea. Like, not only do I think I'm disinterested, I know that I'm, like, an obsessive, compulsive, like, person. So I'm like, if I play this game, my life is screwed. Like, that's, like, literally what I'm thinking. Like, I'm going to screw my whole life up. So, <laughs> like, first time, like, no. Second time, Brad, I think you might have. No, we were at, me and Malia come to Brad's house, and I think we were doing something. And Brad says Pokemon Go, and Malia's like, I'll download it. And so, like, I watched Malia try to catch a Pokemon. And instantly I'm like watching her try to do it. And I'm like, uh, can I like see your phone for a second? So I can like help you do this. <laughs> <laughs> so like, just awful, so dude. typical of you, right? 
dude so typical i'm yeah. just like watching something happen well like because like i'm uh, you know i'm a gamer i yeah. gamed a lot so like I, you, you just kind of understand games at this point and malia is not a typical gamer but she's like down to try stuff so i see it and i'm just like i like can i can i help you throw this pokeball because i'm like watching her try to throw it i'm like I'll, I'll just help you throw it and so i help her throw it and then like i think i don't know if i downloaded it like then or it took me a little while but maybe the next day but i downloaded it and uh yeah yeah that's all that's all she wrote after that brad brad was like yeah we're gonna go to the prado and i was like i don't even know what you're talking about dude and do you remember like showing up there and like just me being decked out with like my camel back and brad's at prado and he invites me um and it's like hey we're gonna go to the prado and i'm like i don't even know what the prado is dude like it's so it's in sandy springs which is about like i don't know 15 minute drive from where I'm at in Smyrna. So I drive over there and it's late. I think it was like a after dark the first yeah. time I came over there. Yep. And Brad had been there all day, like he just talked about. So you drive into the Prado and it's literally just like a straight street, like he talked about, like one street. And then it goes down and it kind of is like a, a shape of a square. Like if you made a, a number nine in a square, and if you then go down and then like this whole end nine area is all restaurants that populate it. And so at first, like, it was really cool for them because they have hundreds of new people, like, literally just, like, loitering. But then also these loiterers get hungry, and so they have to eat, and there's all restaurants right there. So that yeah. was great for them. So they decide to allocate the four four parking spots, and they literally, like Brad said, put metal around them. And so I get there, and I'm just like, there's just, like, a tent of, like, hardcore Pokemon nerds. And Hard. I consider myself a hardcore Pokemon nerd too. And I was like, what is going on? And I'm like, I think I drive up and like somebody yells Dratini and like, I'm just literally like, uh, like Brett's 150 people get up from their lawn chairs and tents and everything. Cause they had all been there Yes. and just like mob towards this Dratini. And I was like, dude, this is a little intense for me. <laughs> <laughs> this was, this was like, and this is like his first like real experience for Pokemon and like, Right. Billy, whenever he travels, he 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 has like all the like these gallons of water jugs and like all, all these containers of food and stuff. So he's just chilling mm-hmm. in his car eating, you know, and and he's pulling up and he's like, he's not expecting this. Right. Like he thinks he's going to catch not a couple Pokemon. And he's just like his mind is open to the Pokemon world at this point. So like, yeah, yeah, I just remember, I remember it, man. I remember. And then you're like, I I remember a parking spot opened up right when you got there and you pulled up into the parking spot right there and stuff like that. I remember that clear as day, that first, that first arrival at Prado. Yeah. Yeah. So the cool thing about the Prado. So like for some of you guys out here, you may be new Pokemon Go players. Maybe not everybody's a veteran and been playing since the start. And that's totally cool, but I just want to let you guys know the reason why, like, because now it's like, you know, there's lures on a stop. It's like, all right, that's cool. But back then, lures on a stop equal the rarest spawns. Now you put lures on a stop and you're getting like, maybe, maybe you'll pull like a rare spawn every 30, maybe, maybe like uh, not that rare. But back then, legitimately, we put lore there's lures constantly going on these five stops mm-hmm. and so you would hit sit in the four stops and then you walk to the corner to get the fifth and so that you kind of did this little baby loop like brad talked about and sometimes your guy would drift a little bit and you could pick up that fifth stop but the spawns coming out of these lures were like so i know magmars aren't really that rare now but magmar was super rare back then uh dratini super rare back then um super. Dragonite, super rare, would spawn in these lures. He still is very rare. So imagine a Dragonite spawning in a lure on a consistent basis, maybe like one every hour, where there was like a really rare spawn. And Snorlax would spawn like all these incredibly rare spawns. So when the game first came out, like literally the only thing you could do was catch Pokemon. So a rare spawn was like the thing. Yep. There's no battling. There's no nothing. Absolutely bananas. Like gyms were even simple. It's like yeah. So the gyms also were crazy. So the gyms were like, so you could put the same Pokemon in a gym, mm-hmm. and the goal was to get the highest CP Pokemon you possibly could get because the way the gyms would work. So let's say you had a twenty eight hundred. Uh, you took a gym twenty eight hundred Dragonite, then you'd have to battle that gym to rank it up enough to be able to then drop a second Pokemon in. 
And let's say the second person dropped in at 2,900 Dragonite. They would sit above that person. So it was like this tiered system of battling the gym a couple times. You would fight against the gym, and it would actually rank your gym up to be able to unlock a spot. And so the goal would be to just get the highest level Pokemon. So when you got a Dragonite in the wild, and if it was like a 3,000, you're like, dude, sweet. I could put this in any gym pretty much, and I'm Mm -hmm. safe. And also, you used to get 100 Pokecoins per day. You could literally just collect it. If your Pokemon were in 10 gyms, you yep. get 10 coins, you just click collect, and then you would get 5,000 Stardust per day. And then do you remember what we would do to rank the gyms up? Because like I still have Pokemon I checked labeled like gym Pokemon, and they're like 10 CP Pokemon. So like we would take a gym down, you'd throw this really low CP Pokemon in there, and you'd battle it over and over and over again to rank the gym mm-hmm. up to unlock all the spots that you put Pokemon in. And then you would take that one out and you know you put better Pokemon in. Mm-hmm. So like... And I remember like at at this, the gym at Prado, right? Because you've got all three, you know, the red, the blue and the yellow teams fighting over this gym constantly. So it's like, you'd be battling it. And then, right. If Billy's fighting it, for example, I would be ready to drop a Pokemon in because like the second it's done, right. You could drop a Pokemon in. So it's like, it's a race on who can drop a Pokemon in the fastest to be able to, you know, collect stuff off this gym and and rank it up. So it's like, Mm -hmm. he's battling. He's like, get ready to drop, get ready to drop. And I'm like, boom, drop. All right. I got the gym. I got the gym. And then it's like, you miss the gym. It's like, man, now we got to fight it again. So it's like, that's the only thing there was, was battling for this one gym besides catching Pokemon. But like, because there were so many Pokestops and so many spawns happening, like you could literally catch Pokemon non-stop. Like it, Mm-hmm. It didn't slow down until like after 10 p.m. That's like when like it just would kind of stop. Like it started up at 10 a.m. and it would stop at like 10 p.m. So it was like I, I was there. I was getting these And when Pokemon. he says stop, like 80% of the people would leave. And there would be I'm, – I'm literally convinced that 20% of the people just slept there. And I have confirmation <laughs> of this that I met somebody that did grind that and they would legitimately like sleep there yeah, in their cars underneath. That's and I was insane. like, dude, what? Go go home, bro. <laughs> like, but yeah. yeah, so like th- it, it sat also on like this river, like this little baby, like, I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't a river. It was it's like, like a, a stream. It's like a creek or a stream. Yeah, right? a creek. Yeah, even smaller than a stream. A creek. So, <laughs> but on the map, like Pokemon go, like, you know, they use like real world stuff. So it, that's why all the Dratini, which is weird because mm-hmm. Dratini is a dragon. And, but for whatever reason, Dratini spawns around waters and creeks. And so Atlanta is predominantly grass, but around this creek, it would spawn an occasional Magikarp, still pretty rare, um, rarer than the Dratini. The Dratinis would spawn the most. Yep. So, yeah, that is the experience of Prado. Super epic. And yeah, it does not exist anymore. If anybody is wondering, like, it doesn't exist. No, they took it out because of all the loitering. Yeah. So a lot of restaurants complained just because. It was affecting their normal clientele and stuff like that, mm-hmm. so they removed the Pokestops and everything. So unfortunately, it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, which is totally cool, man. Like, there's definitely other spots now that that are workable, and they and Pokemon Go's ch- changed the way that they for sure would spawn stuff because they wanted it to be a get out and go experience. But with how the lures were spawning super rare Pokemon, like it made more sense to just buy lore modules and sit in Pokestops. Mm-hmm. And I think they read that and they're like, okay, this isn't really working how we want it to. And so then I remember, I think it was towards the end of Prado, they changed the lures. And I remember sitting there eating in that one, um, that one restaurant that was there, that was like an organic restaurant actually, which was pretty cool. Um, and they were like, we're like, what happened to all the spawns? Like it went from spawning like a Snorlax and a Dragonite to all of a sudden like it w- it wasn't spawning anything. Yeah. Just And that was bye like bye. okay, they changed the dynamic. So, after Prado, it started to lead more to like nests and stuff like that. Right? So like Prado was just kind of what we did to like fill our our void at this point, right? It was like I would go there religiously nonstop. But like when you just wanted to grind out and get a bunch of Pokemon, level up your guy and do this and that, like that was the place to go. But then there was still Pokemon like you couldn't get there, right? Like all the other rare starter Pokemon and like Pikachus and stuff like that. Like you couldn't get any of that stuff there. It would really almost never spawn there. And so, so when the game started, Pikachu was like the rarest Pokemon. Yeah. I remember there was an article in California that this dude caused a 75 car pileup on the freeway. <laughs> because that. of pikachu spawn and he freaked out yeah 
Like that is how rare. Like it was like honestly, I probably had over 75% of the Pokemon with excluding some of the starter evolves before I got one Pikachu. Yeah. No, that's very, very true. We did not have Pikachus. And then I remember before we tell you about the Pikachu story, I remember when we got Pikachus finally and we got a Raichu and we were at Prado and we put a Raichu in the gym and everyone lost their mind because like that Pokemon did not exist because like nobody could get it. So yeah, first Pikachu, Billy, how did we, how did we get the first Pikachu? (laughs) Oh man. So we, so the first Pikachu that ever spawned was under a power line. Right. And so we got really like, like the cool thing about Pokemon that blew my mind the most was that like these Pokemon would spawn to areas that would be like true to what their typings mm-hmm. would be. So Kennesaw Mountain, I believe I hiked there once <laughs> or twice. <laughs> and then after Pokemon, he hiked there every day. <laughs> became a Bulbasaur nest. Yeah. And this isn't just a regular, this is a mega nest. Like you walk around a corner in this hiking trail and there's six Bulbasaurs like sitting on it. And the starters were incredibly rare. So Brad gets obsessed with this game and then I start getting obsessed with this game and me and Brad are pretty competitive. So my goal is like literally to beat Brad. Yeah. Basically he needed to catch up to my level and like, it's just a whole, it's a whole mudslide from there. Cause Brad had like (laughs) six days of hardcore playing on me. Yeah. Six days of catching Dratinis and uh, Magikarps and actually like learning the dynamics of the game. Like I had no idea. The radars were different back then. Remember they had like little grass spawns and like if the grass spawn popped up and it it had like one, two or three steps, like it would Mm -hmm. tell you how close the Pokemon was to you. So you knew how close the wild Pokemon is. It's totally not like that anymore. And so we were like just trying to find stuff. So we're, um, I think we went to the Bulbasaur nest yep. and we're stacking up. There's no pineapple berries at the time. So you just have to only get three candy per catch. There's no IV checking. We didn't find about IVs, which we'll talk about, which is a funny experience until all the way we were at the Charmander nest that eventually came about. So we finished up at this Bulbasaur nest. I think I met you and Miley were hiking with shadow. Yep. Me and Malia come and bring Kiona. And I remember we were on the other side of the mountain cause we don't usually go to the front side. And so we were catching all these Pokemon. And this is like, I don't even know how to, Brad started throwing a curveball and I was still throwing straight balls. And I was like, dude, I can't, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. And then do you and, remember, do you remember the one time that we went over there too and it was raining on us and it was pouring rain while we were at Kennesaw Mountain and we were literally like under trees in the pouring rain catching Pokemon? Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's how ridiculous we were. Like literally torrential downpour, not light drizzles yeah. or anything like that. Like torrential downpours. And we're running from cover to cover under these trees because we want to catch Pokemon. <laughs> Dude, it was, it was no joke, man. It was so it was much fun. No joke. Literally so, yeah, so Ken- much fun. Kennesaw Mound, Bulbasaur Nest. And then that, and then that was leading you into Pikachu still. Yep. So we're driving home and I think I'm probably driving. Yeah, he's always driving. So, so yeah, let's preface it that Billy yeah. drives the entire time when we Pokemon hunt for two uh-huh. for two main reasons. One, I was the radar guy, so basically I'm his navigator, right? I'm his mm. navigator. I'm telling him where to go. I am way too cautious of a driver. Billy is a nutcase when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> he does not care. It is simple as that. Like if it if if there is a Pokemon. And there is a sign that says, do not enter wrong way. He's entering the wrong way. And we are just going <laughs> to YOLO it and make sure nobody sees us. If he has to pull over on the side of the road and drive through grass, he's doing it. If he has to go and drive onto a floating raft that's going down a river to catch a Pokemon, he will do it. Like, no joke. Like, and, and, and it gets like, as we're like in the city and stuff like that later, I hate driving in the city and like he's perfectly adept to it. He can parallel park easy. I can't do it. So like him being able to just stop anywhere and pull over and park, it just makes it so much easier. So like I navigate him, he just does the crazy driving and it's just like, yeah, he's like, wait, we got to go that way. Well, dude, we only got 90 seconds to get it. We have to go three blocks around. We ain't going to make it. 
we're going the wrong way. <laughs> and it's just like that. That's just, that's just what happens. And we just, you just clench up and you go, Oh gosh, please nobody see us. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's at least tell them that I'm at least not, I'm not putting us in harm's way. No, like, he's not putting us I in harm's way. I look down the it's street, like, there's compl- no cars coming. Yes, yes. And I'm like, if I can just jump down the street for like literally 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. We're good, and yeah. we can catch this Aerodactyl. Like, okay, let's go. Literally, Aerodactyl <laughs> in Atlanta was one of them. Yes, I remember. Yeah. I remember that making a left-hand First. turn through a red light to go the wrong way to catch an Aerodactyl. Hundred <laughs> percent remember it. I could probably tell you where exactly it was on a map. <laughs> like, it just it, it is sure. what it is. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So Brad's the cautious driver. I'm a little bit more aggressive. I've skateboarded uh, when I was growing up. So when we were skateboarding, we were in the city a lot. So I learned and adapted to city driving. And city driving, if you guys aren't experienced in it, is aggressive. Like if you're not putting yourself into the traffic, like if you want to make a left or get into the left lane, like you're not waiting for anybody to let you in. Like you put your turn signal on, somebody passes you, you smash yourself in and you have to parallel park so i get it i'm i'm used to like driving aggressively for that so when we drive with brad he's like i don't know dude like i, I think i'm just gonna like go around the block and i'm like all right this isn't gonna work for me so i i just became the designated pokemon driver and brad's good at navigating like all the the maps and stuff so it worked out really well so we're driving home from kennesaw which is probably a 25 minute drive mm-hmm. coming down Cobb parkway which is super busy and brad's got his game up and back then everything would spawn regardless of how fast you were going and your radar would never disappear if you were going too fast. So you can constantly be driving and seeing if anything's going to pop up. So a Pikachu shadow pops up as we're driving past this humongous electrical line kind of park and Brad freaks out and I'm like, oh my God, where? And so we knew we were close to it because it spawned on our radar. So we pull into like this, like, I think it ended up being like a park and a field by an electrical line. Yeah. And then we got out of the and car. We're and we're just like, get running. out of the car and are running up and down this field electrical yeah. line. Like, I'm like, Brad, you like, this is how we would find Pokemon back then. Brad, I'm going this way. You mm-hmm. literally go the opposite way. And if you find it, call. And so we would go directly, immediately in opposite directions. There was like, like people probably see us on the side of the street, like, <laughs> These guys must have like bees in their pants or something. They're like sprinting, like pull up, car goes into the park, <laughs> jump out, run in the opposite direction. Like what is happening? <laughs> Trying to locate this Pikachu. Oh man, I remember it. It's, yep, and we didn't find the Pikachu. It's insane. So that's at least like a month into the game, no Pikachu. Yeah, it didn't. We couldn't find it. It disappeared off the radar, and that's that's all that Pikachu left. And yeah, so we have every Pokemon. <laughs> we have Tratinis and we have no Pikachu. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had magic. We had Dragonites at that point. We had everything. We didn't have Pikachus. We yeah, did we eventually. Were catching wild them. Dragonites before, yeah. like the people that play the game right now. How ludicrous this sounds! Wild Dragonites before we caught one Pikachu. Now Pikachu is literally every event almost that comes out. That's a celebration. New hat. They put a new hat on the Pikachu, and he is like. 20% of the spawns. It's insane. It's unreal. So that was kind of our Bulbasaur Pikachu experience. And then another really good place is we, we kind of heard. Um, so, so the way nests work was all these parks. So what we would do is we'd check the radar and we'd kind of just zoom into parks and we'd watch them. And this is how we found about Miami, right? Um, in the last episode we told you, is we would literally scan the city and be like, oh, there's these parks. Let's see what's spawning mm-hmm. in these parks. And we can just kind of watch it. And that's how we would develop where stuff was. And like, there was nothing out there that told you where nests were or anything yet. Like, we were discovering this stuff, like, you know, in the area, just on our own. And so we were watching these things. And, and we came across this one. And we're like, dude, there's Charmanders that are spawning in this park all the time. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of heard in, the, you know, the, the wavelengths of, you know, friends and the internet at that point of, of this park that may have Charizard spawns. Yeah. So we, we literally look at the map and we'd look for a rare Pokemon that was spawning. And then we would like watch that area to see if it it was a nest. Like if like one Charmander spawned, we go, Oh my God, there's a Charmander. Like, is it just chance or should we like potentially go there? So I was obsessed with this. I don't know if Brad was obsessed with it, but I was totally obsessed with watching the map. 
And so Brad hits, sees a Charmander. Yeah. And so we ended up going, we ended up going there to check it out. Like we didn't, we, we didn't know at this point, we had no idea. We go there and I'm telling you hundreds of people catching Charmander. Hundreds. Like same exact type of experience. And so what this is, this is a park with like five or six baseball fields. And then there's a bike trail that goes like down the woods for like three miles probably. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's this big and it goes, it actually goes around a lake. So it's this big bike trail that goes around a lake and then across a bridge, there's like these six baseball fields. So there's this big loop that you can run, but on half of the loop, there's not a lot of spawns. So you basically are doing like this, like half L type of walk back and forth. And oh, there you go. He's got it. He's got it on there. If you're watching on YouTube. For anybody watching on YouTube, Murphy this Chandler is the park. park. Yeah. So it's Murphy, Murphy, Chandler. Murphy Chandler. We thought it was Murphy Chandler forever. Oh, it's Candler. And we still, I still want to call it that, but it's Candler. <laughs> So like you, you walk and the first thing you do is you go across this little bridge and on this bridge, you get a lot of water Pokemon right there because it's going across water. And then you walk into the, the baseball fields and it's literally just Charmander Boulevard, man. Like it is Charmander after Charmander after Charmander after Charmander. It's hot, dry desert baseball fields. Like literally mm-hmm. where Charmanders live, right? They're they're just chilling, yeah. playing some baseball, hitting with their tails, right? Throwing fireballs with each other. And then like you would get it's so crazy how it works because it's like that is where the Charmanders were. You go on this bridge, you start getting some water and some other stuff. Then you go into this gravel parking lot down this gravel path, down gravel and trees, and you get completely different spawns. Like you're getting like um like sand slashes and mm-hmm. things like that and you're getting like rock pokemon yeah and you're yep. getting like a couple there's like, like a rare dude. spawn that would happen right there as well so it's like yep. there's like two or three rare spawns that would happen on this and we're just literally doing that forever and i looked for the footage man because i recorded this i recorded our first adventure there and i can't find the footage oh, so man. maybe eventually i'll come across the footage and billy will be able to show all of you but it's literally billy running around with his shirt tied around his head like yelling that we're getting Charmanders and stuff like that. Like I, I know what the clip is. I got to find it. So it's like, we, we did, we, we recorded some of these adventures. So like if I could find this footage, maybe Billy Billy will have some really old footage of us when we first started catching Pokemon. So at this point we are like full gung ho, like Brad, Brad's the camelback guy. Yep. He's got the camel back. I had a speaker on um, it with my phone connected to it, playing music for everyone. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And then he also had the battery pack. So I didn't have yep. a battery pack, but I had a cord. So I would just hook up to Brad's backpack because yeah. I didn't need it that often. So I'm like, why do we need two battery packs? So Brad like literally had the pack and would put his water in there mm-hmm. and then the the cable. So anytime I would need to hook up to charge, I would just <laughs> Yeah, you just daisy channel. You hooked up me. to Brad's back, but yeah, we would daisy channel. So <laughs> The but the park like although it was spawning Charmanders consistently like it would maybe have like two Charmanders at every ten minutes to fifteen mm-hmm. minutes so we had we literally spent and I remember our goal was to get a Charizard yep, right because we didn't have one yet we didn't and, have and this is we competitive right so because if I get a Charizard before Billy it's it's not okay like it's not okay so. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be pissed off. <laughs> so like, me and Brad spend the whole day, and I think Brad already had a little bit of Charmander candy. Yeah, I did. But I think we might have evolved them together. We did. We waited. Mistaken. We waited. It was one of those things where it's like, oh, I have enough. Okay, I'll wait until you get 10 more candy. Yeah. Like, and like I said, no pineapps, <laughs> and we need to get 125 candy to be able to get there. So we needed to catch 40, a little bit more Charmanders yeah. in order to get us one Charizard. And we were not leaving until we did it. Let's no, make that No, and we're talking clear. like, two to three Charmanders every 15 minutes. So the first day we're there, we are literally there for probably probably 10 a.m., probably to like 7 p.m., yeah, I would say. It was dark. Maybe even into yeah. the dark. Yeah. Um, and we're just hunting Charmanders, and they pop up. And the crazy thing is, is that that park, it's like a U, like Brad talked about. And like sometimes to get those Charmanders, like you'd have to go really far up mm-hmm. on this path up by the river so one may spawn up there and the spawn timers were very low at that they were point. like so three was minutes like maybe, or three and a half minutes on the yeah think, on most of them yeah so i think it was like maybe five minute spawns and then the, the radar would pick it up with like three right, minutes right, left. right like we wouldn't see where it was until yeah we, we had less time so the radar would pick it up and there's like three minutes and it's like on the other side of the park so even though there were, might maybe three spawns 
one of them may not be obtainable because you'd have to walk all the way down. I would say it's probably a half mile from like the top park spawn Mm -hmm. all the way to like the bottom right, like where uh, the bathrooms are by the baseball fields. And so sometimes like we would sprint and get it. And then other times we were like, dude, we physically couldn't even sprint fast enough to get it. So that's what took us so incredibly long. But dude, do you remember the polyrath? Uh, slightly but you can tell so so we are so we're at the top left and we sprint down here to get a charmander so half mile like jog ish sprint and we get to the bottom corner across the bridge and then you know yeah so it's actually like the way that the spawns work there it was predominantly in a top u but then there was like a bottom part that would spawn a couple on occasion which was like a bottom part so it was virtually kind of like an h and so we were in the top left of the H. We had to get to the bottom right of the H for a Charmander. We get all the way over there. There's a lore and a Polyrath spawns there. So a Polyrath spawns in this Pokestop. And this is the reverse of what happened to Brad in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> so the Polyrath spawns rare, really rare. And it was a really high one too. Yeah. I think he's one of my top for, guys still that I have. Yeah. I think for Brad, it was high. And Brad was a different level than I was. I think he was a level ahead of me. So mine wasn't so high, but it was still pretty high. I think Brad's was like 2,400 or something. So Brad catches it on the first ball. And I go to encounter, and I think mine was like a 2,000. And that was my high. I think that was around my highest guy. And I was like, dude, yes, Polyrath. This guy is so sick looking. Literally throw like one or two balls. Maybe even it was just one ball. I can't remember if I threw more than one. And it just runs immediately. And I was just like, dang. <laughs> At this point, I was like, Polyrath was rare. Poly... Uh, polywag was relatively rare. I was like, I'm never going to get a polywrath again. Like the one polywrath ran away. Now I have like 5,000 polywag candy. (laughs) 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 Done, dude. I was so depressed and Brad gets it and I'm just like, dang it. I'm done. (laughs) So yeah, that's the, that's the Charmander nest. We stay there. Brad hatches a Charmander while we're in this nest. Mm Mm-hmm. And so when you hatch a Pokemon, you get bigger, better IVs. And yep. we didn't know about IVs. And that happened to be Brad's highest IV Charmander that he had. Yep. So Brad picks this 560. I remember it was around like a 560 Charmander and evolves it because our lev- levels weren't too high. So we were catching around 560 Charmanders, 500, 490. So Brad picks his highest Charmander, which is his egg hatch Charmander, evolves it. I pick my highest CP Charmander that I have and I evolve it. And I literally believe that on our way, either leaving this place this or him. on the way home, we maybe stopped at Prado and somebody mentions, oh, dude, nice. That's him. That's the one, man. So if you're watching. What is it? What is his it? His name 15, is 15, 10? Uh, just over 10. It's like a little a mark over 10. Like 11. So Brad hatched like a, a 91% char- Charmander. Yeah. And so on the way home. July 23rd, somebody, 2016. So that's when this happened. What was it? July 23rd. 2016. <laughs> you still have the polyrath? Huh? Do you have the polyrath? Um, I was looking for it. I was looking for it. I didn't find it yet, though. Just search. For I might. I might, I might have traded that into my Switch. I don't know. Mm. Because I did that. I traded yeah, so like, all my good Pokemon to Switch. As we're leaving, this guy mentions, "Hey, man, have you guys heard about IVs?" <clears throat> I'm like, me and Brad like literally have this conversation. We like step aside and we're like, is this real? Like, do we do we actually need to like go through our bag? And we're like, that's stupid, dude. Like, that's so dumb. Like, we have the highest CP Pokemon. Like, it literally doesn't matter. It doesn't make sense. Like, what does it matter what IVs are? And we're like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So IVs are like the percentage of how good a Pokemon is. So you can have stats like Brad just showed if you're on mm-hmm. YouTube. You can have a 15 attack all the way to a zero. The same happens for defense and stamina. So... We were like, just introduced, we're like, like, this is dumb, dude. Like, this this probably doesn't matter. But we're curious. So we go home, we pull up pokeassistant.com. I think Brad might have found it. And we enter in the stats. And back then it was just like, it gives you a number of like, hey, your Pokemon looks good. And, mm-hmm. You know, I forget what the, the naming system is. It's really not efficient. No. So we enter in our stuff and I enter in my Charizard and I'm like, okay, so this Charizard is like a 40%. 
And I'm like, at this point, I just spent all day at the park and I didn't want to believe <laughs> that this was like going to matter in the game. Brad enters his in and he gets a top tier one. And it says it's in between probably like a 89 and a 96%. And so there was nothing that we could uh, like siphon in and get exactly what percentage it was unless you maxed out that Pokemon. So we just assume Brad has a 96%. We assume that I have a 51%. And I'm like, I'm not believing this because <laughs> I just not, blew it's not, it's all my possible. Charmander candy and I have nothing. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and and we, we did go there a couple more days. Like we went there a couple more days in a row because we just yep. wanted to, you know, stack some some candies up to level our guys up and possibly hatch another one and stuff like that. And but yeah, that was that was that spot. And then we 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 really liked to travel and change stuff up. So then we heard about another Charmander nest up in Chattanooga, uh, which is the Chattanooga Zoo. And it was like the park <laughs> that was right around the Chattanooga Zoo. So we went up to the Chattanooga yep. Zoo for a day to Pokemon hunt Charmanders. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it was the same thing, but we got to hang out at a zoo and we got to catch a bunch of Charmanders up in Chattanooga. I mean, uh, is there anything that stood yep. out to you from that one? Because I don't really remember anything that stood out. It's just another Charmander nest to me. Yeah, it was literally just a Charmander nest. I mean, I have a clear vision of everything we did. Mm-hmm. The only thing there, like when Pokemon Go came out, it was July. Like, I think it came out on July fifth if i'm not mistaken fifth or sixth i think it's fifth it is july in atlanta in nash uh chattanooga dude it is hot mm-hmm. so the new zoo had nothing so we drove an hour and 20 minutes to go to the zoo um stayed the entire day there and just caught as many charmanders as we possibly could and so when we do go on the long trips brad drives because i have a leased car at the time so Brad doesn't have a lease car. He purchased his car so we could put the miles on Brad's car. Like when we went to Miami, we drove Brad's car because we knew we were driving a lot, but anything local was going to be my car. And so we drive there, get there, hunt Charmanders all day, come back, super hot zoo, pretty lucrative spawns. Wait, that, that was, there's, was there's something fun. on this trip I just remembered. Oh, oh Whole oh, Foods, yeah. the Whole Foods. Yeah. Right before so, we ha- headed home. I think that, was this our this was our first Blastoise, maybe. Yeah, it was. This was this was the first one. No, so no, we're it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No? No. The one Let's in run them back to the other spawn. Okay, so before so and before we'll we talk about here. that one, we'll talk about yeah. so we have a thing for the starter Pokemon, right? Like they're mm-hmm. they're just our favorite. Billy loves Squirtle. And I love the Charmander and Charizard. And then Billy ends up getting an obsession over Bulbasaur and Ivysaur and Venusaur. Yeah. Um, as well so the starter pokemon are just always They're so the cute coolest. man so, so cute <clears throat> another spot um was centennial olympic park uh down in atlanta and billy went there and he got a bunch of um what are the seals called yeah seal so oh it's just seal <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it was a seal nest down in centennial olympic park and he gets a bunch of them i'm like dude i don't have that pokemon i gotta go so yeah. he's like all right well let's go let's go do it so we're down there. We're hunting that. It's like a it's so like before, an ice and before water. Before we go totally into this, the reason why I started going to different places is because I didn't really like sitting in the Prados parking lot because yeah. it was just like cars yeah. driving in. So it was a bunch of gas everywhere. So I was like, "There's got to be a different place." And I like going to the parks. So me and Malia drive. Brad's probably still at the Prado, like right now, like as we're telling this story. Probably, yeah. And I, I and I'm. I'm, I'm driving downtown Atlanta. I'm like, "There's got to be a better spot." So we go by Piedmont Park, and then we go by Centennial Olympic Park just to check. We find the seal, and now we're bringing Brad's. Like, I show this, and he's yeah. like jealous. Yeah, I'm jealous. I'm I'm mad now, and, and it makes sense, right? <laughs> There's the aquarium there. I'm like, oh, that makes so sense. But it was like an ice. It was like an ice and a rock spawn. It was just really weird because like you'd get yeah. um some of like the other ice Pokemon, and then you'd get a lot of uh like Geo you get a Voltorb. So that was the like first that. time that I got a Voltorb. Oh yeah, ever. a lot of like, a lot of those. Voltorb guys, yeah. popped up. So this place we also discovered has four lures. Mm-hmm. Four Pokestops that you can lure up as well that will pump out rare spawns like the Prado. And you're not sitting in a parking lot with like car exhaust as like your primary <laughs> form of oxygen. So we, in my mind, this is like infinitely better. It's in downtown Atlanta. The city is beautiful. Like the aquarium's right there. You have this beautiful uh, Ferris wheel, the trees everywhere, and there's an Olympic statue. And the lures are sitting at the Olympic fountain. So every 30 minutes, you have this amazing water and light show. Yep. Just like all this thing coming out of the ground. So it's just a, a great spot. And 
so we basically spend and, and like we go to these places all the time but like so we're there one day and we sp- we stay there until the night and you know you might have heard let us mind you while we're here we are constantly checking this i think it was like what was it po- pokemon go map.com no or something like that was. yeah i don't even know pokemap.com or something like that and we're scanning this site to see if there's any type of rare spawns because now we're in a city and if you guys haven't played in the city most of you guys probably have the cities just have higher density of spawns which means you have a higher chance that you're gonna pump out something crazy rare yep and so literally i look on the radar and i see a blastoise we do not have a blastoise yet i don't even know if we have rare. A war t- i don't even know if we have a war turtle yet i don't like think squirtle do. squirtles are we have like no candy nothing so like it spawns and I'm like, where is this? Like we can't even tell where this is. So we just and we're and, and it's timed, right? So we're like, we go, we're like, we got like eight minutes to get there or something, right? So we had a little bit and longer on this one. To make it even better, right as it's spawning. Right. Yeah. There was a, I think there was an there was Alabama an, no, Auburn yes. football game hmm. at the Atlanta. So right where this is, like on the other side of the park, there's also a humongous convention center. And there's also the Atlanta Falcons football stadium and <laughs> the Atlanta uh, Hawks yeah. basketball stadium, like literally in uh, like four square blocks of each yep. other. And so the Alabama Auburn, I th- it had to have been Auburn because I remember everybody in all their Auburn gear just got released. And a so Blastoise. Tens of thousands of people are coming out of this stadium and we're running against that. So we're running, weaving in and out of all these people as they're coming out and stuff like that. And we're just like sprinting to get this Blastoise. And like, we're on a timer. We don't know where this is. Like we are no about, idea. we are about to venture to where area of the city that we didn't even probably know existed at this point. So we're trying to find it. And we're like, dude, like, where is it? Like, there's just buildings in our way. We're like, we need to get through these buildings on the other side mm-hmm. of the buildings. And then I had done some stuff down there, you know, in the conventions before and Billy had as well at that point. We're like, dude, like we think that that's like down on the lower level of the conventions. There's like all these train tracks and like kind of subway stuff that kind of go down below the convention. Mm -hmm. And we're like, okay, well, how do we get there on foot? Like we know how to get there on car. It's 10 blocks the other way. How do we get down there on foot on the opposite side of where we are right now? And like, we're trying to figure it out. And then we're like, we're getting closer and closer. We're like, okay. Now there's chain link fence in our way. How do we get over this chain link fence and get through it? <laughs> and we finally find like this alleyway that gets us through. Yeah. So what, so what happens is we were running down the street and I remember I pulled in because we did uh, a convention there for smite. Smite mm-hmm. had a thing and I was vending clothes yep. for smite there. And to get to the loading docks, you pull under this like weird side street, you go over the train tracks and then you kind of take a left and you go down underneath the convention center to load. So we, I remember that, and I'm like, Brad, we got to get to this street. So we, I run us there. We go in, and instead of taking a left to go under, we take a right. Because I was like, I remember, I was like, if we take a left, dude, like, we cannot get in there. So it's on the other side of these chain tracks. Like, we're so close, but we can't get to it because there's train tracks, and there's a huge barbed wire fence. So the only option is like, dude, we have to run right, and hopefully the fence ends. And we can get around the fence, cross the train tracks, and let us mind you, I think it wasn't just one train tracks. Like the entire a, area was train tracks because I think yeah. that it's like how they ship stuff six into wide, the convention like, centers, like they branch track. one train track into like five or six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so like we deep. sprint right. We're like on a two-minute timer. And it's pitch black. Pitch black, no street lights, like late at night. So we've got our phone flashlights on now. And we hit the train tracks and yeah. we are running on train tracks in the pitch dark to find this blastoise. Yeah. Just like, not like dude, absolutely who, nuts. <laughs> who would have thought <laughs> who would have thought like, so these experiences guys, I don't think you quite get the nostalgia of this playing the Pokemon go game right now, but Imagine if there's nothing to do in the game. You can't PvP. You can't uh, trade. You don't have best friends. You literally, only thing you can do is catch Pokemon and a rare Pokemon spawns. That is like the thing. And now we're exploring places in the city that I would have never in my wildest dreams ever have thought that I'd be running up a train track 
to catch the <laughs> rarest Pokemon, one of the rarest Pokemon no. in the game, Blastoise, at that time. And we make it there just in the nick of time. Literally. Grab the Blastoise. Fortunately, like it doesn't run from either of us. We both catch it and we are like stoked. Yeah. I remember, remember when it spawned. Like it was CP, like low of the CP literally, mine was. No. Oh, was it super low? Oh, yeah. I have this one saved and labeled. It's labeled S H I T. And it will stay labeled that for its existence um, because. So we were still different levels. <clears throat> and yeah. But, but like this is, and this mine. is just the compare. Like Billy gets it. His is a high CP at this point. So it's like the reverse thing. And this just, this like constantly happens to us while we're yeah. trying to get stuff is like, we can never get CP. That's the same. Like one's always good. One's always bad. It seems like, like it happens. Several so even times though we're we competitive against too. each other, like neither of us want the other person to like, fail yeah exactly <laughs> like we want like the goal is like to get there and like both of our pokemon are good like mm-hmm. I, even though i'm competing against brad to like get to his level or get higher than his level like i don't want him not to win at the same time right like it's more of just a competition of myself like i see what brad's doing i'm like oh well i can if i just put a little more time i can get past brad or whatever but it wasn't like i'm not trying to do it in a malicious sense so, yeah yeah and so i remember it was like it was like a 31 it was like oh you got a level one blastoise? A th- no like a level 31 it was just like a super oh. low level blastoise and like it was cp 31 yeah like cp 31 yeah so that's a level one pokemon so like it was just but i got a blastoise and i unlocked it so it wasn't the end of the world but i just remember like no why is it that low and then billy's is like all good and stuff and i'm just like oh man <laughs> But that was our first blast experience running sure. through the entire city. Like it's just like mm-hmm. absolutely insane. Absolutely and then I think insane. the next day we came down. The next day was we were there and an Aerodactyl spawned. We heard mm-hmm. that Aerodactyls were spawning randomly in the city, I think from somebody at the Prado. And they told us that they were spawning around the downtown Centennial Park area. So I think that might have been another reason we were down there. And then the, so the next yeah. day we come back. I'm driving, obviously, and we're like, we're going to get an Aerodactyl today. And I remember Brad, like, I think he literally took off work that day. And we're like, dude, we're getting an Aerodactyl. Like, we're down there for an hour and a half. Aerodactyl spawns, and we are just like, run. So the goal was sit in Centennial Olympic Park, hunt whatever's there, Geodudes, until a spawn happens, and then sprint full speed to our cars, drive to the Aerodactyl, catch this aerodactyl that's literally like on i had to put my i'm pretty sure it was like on the highway like an overpass of the highway Mm -hmm. and i had to like put my flashers on to sit in the street so that we could get the aerodactyl to spawn yeah i remember that and i think it wasn't spawning on there so i think i had to turn down that one way like coming over the overpass Mm -hmm. and like make a quick u-turn like just far enough so that we could get the aerodactyl yep it was it was an adventure (laughs) <laughs> yeah and, it, and, the, and there's timers and the timers are so, so yeah that's crazy and then so now we're going to fast forward you guys back to chattanooga to wrap this thing up we're at chattanooga we're exhausted we're just finishing up and we're brad's checking the scanners and like boom blastoise spawns and it is not close and brad's exhausted i'm exhausted but i'm like i time it out right and i'm like I think I can make it. Like there was, it, I think the spawn timer was like nine minutes and thirty oh, seconds, God, and in dude. the car it's like eleven minutes to get there. Yeah. And I was like, bro, I got this. He's like, dude, no, you don't. I'm, I'm, I'm like, you're not gonna come. He's like, no. And I was like, give me your phone. Yeah. So I, I was at Whole Foods and I just waited there. I was like, dude, like, I, I'm pretty sure we ordered food too. So we ordered food and we were waiting mm-hmm. for our food. And I was like, no, dude, I'll just wait for the food here. Like, here's my phone. Go. So another instance where Billy takes my phone. And I have nothing. Mm-hmm. And hopefully he comes back and gets me and doesn't leave me there. <laughs> yeah. And so it was at the baseball stadium. I remember it was at the baseball stadium. So I sprint out of Whole Foods. I know Brad's good because he's got food and he's chilling in the air conditioning. I, I, I'm i ready, dude. I'm so ready. It's another Blastoise. One of my favorite Pokemon. Sprint out of Whole Foods. Jump in the car. Jump on the highway. I'm like... Every time I do this, I'm like, number one, keep me safe. Number two, please don't let me hit any red lights at all because that's the only way I'm not going to be able to get this Pokemon. If I can get there efficiently, because I know that the maps kind of take into account like traffic and red lights, I'm just thinking like, do not let me hit any red lights. 
So I literally get there, no red lights. I'm pulling into the baseball stadium. I'm seeing all these people, like cars in the parking lot. I'm like, oh my God, if I hit any traffic, like Blastoise is not spawning. Fortunately, it doesn't. I literally pull up to the front of this amateur league baseball stadium. So Chattanooga doesn't have a regular baseball team. I pull up to the front. There's a lure going. And I pull up and boom, the Blastoise spawns for both of us. And I get it. And I'm just like, yes, dude, let's go. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. It's it's always fun then he comes back and he's just like, "Here, this is what I got for you." And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah. Dude, it was a lot of fun like just getting getting each other like Pokémon presents. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cuz like if we were if we were never like with each other too, like we would try to help each other out and you know, switch phones and accounts and stuff like that and be like, oh man, dude, I'm out on this thing. I got this thing like don't log into your stuff. I need to catch you. I need to catch you this thing because it's yeah. rare. So it's like, you know, it's one of those things that we would always be like, then sometimes I, I remember getting text messages from you to, to kind of wrap this up and it would just be like, hey man, go log into your account. <laughs> <laughs> and then For me, dude, that's like what, better what than got. Christmas. If I get that text, I'm like, dude, <laughs> let's go. What is it? I'm just like so excited. I can't oh, load man. the game fast yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember, I remember just that stuff. It's like, oh, what, what do I got? It's like, oh my, you open it and it's like, Oh, what do I got? What do I got? What am I going to see? What is it? What is it? And, and, and like the, the one thing that, that I remember of that was the Mr. Mime. I was in, I was in, oh, yeah. I was in Europe for work and neither of us had Mr. Mimes. And I, cause I mean, it was like seven hours ahead or something like that. Yep. So it was like, and it was like eight in the morning there. Right. So it's like midnight or one in the morning for Billy. And I remember just texting him like log into your account when you wake up. <laughs> he opens it up to mr mime <laughs> bro i still have it yeah that's probably yeah, the only one i've ever caught i might be have caught two but i still have it and I, I think we talked through email or something and brett and i was like dude like do you think you can get this yeah and brett's yeah. like i don't know dude like i've been here i haven't seen any of them spawning for one yep and for two like i don't really have much time to go after the event and i was like dang it like i don't think we're gonna get one Yep. So this is on, this is a year later. This is July 9th, 2017. I have it. And that was caught. The date. Yeah, the I got that's, that's what mine's up. from as well. Yep. Yeah. Is it 1321? Is what, uh, let's see if I appraise it. No, no. CP. Mine's, oh, uh, 1344. Oh, okay. So it looks like you might have powered it up one maybe. Maybe. I don't know. No, it's just different. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so we were probably different levels. But yeah, Brad clutched. He, it, what, what, dude, you were like saying that you were getting a connecting flight and just like happened to pull it up. Yeah. And like told Ray to hang on to yeah. the airport. Yeah, we were literally we were literally in the airport. And like I just happened because like there must have been Wi-Fi because I, I shouldn't have even been on my phone really. So like I connect to the Wi-Fi and I just pull it up and I'm like, oh, there's a bunch of like gyms and Pokestops in here because we had like a two hour connecting flight. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh. And I sprint from one side of the airport to the other. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got it. And then I but then I gotta like log out of my account, log into another one. I'm like, oh my gosh, hopefully this thing doesn't despawn right now, or oh, that's gonna be sad panda. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean it, that was and I was just like, I was so happy. I just remember like sending you a message and being like, check it. Yeah, like got it. Yeah, whoa, mission accomplished. So stoked. Yeah. So stoked. Yeah, so good. So I don't know, man. Yeah. The more Nostalgia, and more, dude. the more and more we do this, the more and more I want to play Pokemon again. Yeah. So Brad stopped playing. We'll get into that, and then I start picking up the uh, obsession. Still is fueling me, mm-hmm. and the raid bosses come out. The first Pokemon Go Fest, bro. I'm seriously, I truly believe that if you came to that first Pokemon Go Fest with me, you'd probably still be playing. That was one because in Chicago, they released- right? Yeah, they released the raid bosses. It was when you could finally catch Articuno and Lugia were the first two. And that just like, that turned it on to a next level for me. And uh, yeah, man. And then that that fueled me and then I got really unproductive feeling and eventually led me into YouTube, which is definitely what we'll start getting into in the next episode where I start taking this thing that is like massively passion-based, but like doesn't feel productive. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys some insight into some windows of like, you know, 
how I, I even, I don't even know how if to Brad start knows this. how to start channels, how to become content. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, like the reason I knew how to edit was because Brad came over and I watched him edit a, a fitness video. Yep. Like for, I don't know, 20 minutes. And I was like, I understood like editing is not that hard at a very simplistic level. It's just time consuming just yep. to make sure that like everything lines up. And that's really it. Like the dude, my skill set to make me uh, get where I am today was very rudimentary and basic. So, so yeah, that'll be next week. So thank you everybody for watching, listening, like, comment, subscribe, do everything. Let us know your thoughts, comments and stuff. And obviously if there's anything that you want us to touch on in future episodes, definitely leave us a comment mm -hmm. and, uh, we'll just continue our journey with you guys. We'll see. And let us know time. when you guys started Pokemon go and when your mm. obsession started, if you do play Pokemon go. And if not, then we'll start getting into some productivity on the one. next one. <laughs> All right, guys. Peace.